Welcome into Blackhawks Insider, Carter Baum alongside Chris Cook and Eric Lear. Cook and I, fresh off the plane from a nice five, six day stint in Traverse City with the Blackhawks prospects. Yeah, beautiful. It was great weather. Uh, The cherry capital of the world. Everything had cherry in it while we were there. I had no cherries. No cherries. I I can't say the same, but that's okay. You know who didn't have cherries were the Blackhawks prospects. They were focused. They were not going out exploring cherries like you and I were. A great week in Traverse City. Four games for the Blackhawks prospects. Two wins, two losses. Uh, They beat the eventual champion, Detroit Red Wings, in overtime to open up the tournament. Lost to Toronto and St. Louis. And what were really weird games, kind of back and forth games. We can get into it in a little bit. And then closing out with a 6-1 win over Minnesota, a game that had a lot of goals and uh, was very weird in its own right. Uh, Eric Lear, I don't know how much you got to see from back in Chicago, but you were busy getting ready for uh, what's coming up and what we'll talk about later in the show, which is training camp opening up on Friday. Uh, A couple cool features. One went out last week. One uh, will go out this week on a couple of the guys and their off-season preparations. Uh, Training ground, if you haven't seen it, uh, great stuff on Blackhawks.com. But we will start with prospect camp, uh, or prospect tournament, I should say, in Traverse City. Uh, And Chris, really a an interesting week. It seemed like in every single game there was a new prospect who stepped up to the plate and really showed us something in every game. Each game had its own player who really shined through. Yeah, I think it started with Kirby Dock in that first game. He really looked like the kind of player that the Blackhawks expected when they drafted him third overall. I thought he was great at both ends of the ice. He uh, had good vision, took the puck to the net, uh, scored on a breakaway. He, he was really uh, the player that you envisioned. Uh, didn't fare as well in the second game uh, as teams kind of ramped up the physicality on him. And I actually talked to him about that later. He said, yeah, that's going to be something that's going to happen to me. I'm the third overall pick. They don't care who, what number you're picked. They don't care what your name is. They're going to lay the body on you. And I think that, that he got a little frustrated there, but then he bounced back um, briefly in the final game before before leaving with an injury that I guess is going to be okay. So it was interesting to see his development from uh, prospect camp to now this uh, this tournament and then going into training camp. And I think it was... It was interesting to watch as the week went along. I think, you know, there were a lot of media there and just seeing everything online. After the first game, everyone was penciling in Kirby Doc as making the opening roster. After the second game, everyone was, oh, he definitely needs to go back to juniors. And I think I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I think you have to obviously give him time at training camp, but this was his first look at a whole new level. This was basically an AHL level. Uh, Toronto, uh, we there was a quick turnaround for Chicago between the two games. Toronto did the same thing, but they had a very deep roster, had a lot of rotation, a lot of fresh guys on the ice. Like you said, they played a physical game against him, and I think that's just part of the adaptation period. I think there's a lot that we'll we'll see in the coming weeks, and that's what training camp is all about. But uh, there were definitely signs that Kirby Doc is ready and also signs that like he said, he has a few things to work on. When you're 18 years old, you're getting this kind of experience for the first time. That's to be expected. No one comes in the league and dominates right away. So whether Kirby makes it at a training camp or not, I think this was a great step for him because he did have some adversity on top of some things that went very well. That's going to happen when you're that age and you're just, as you mentioned, just kind of getting the speed. This was a, a pretty good tournament. There's a lot of a lot of top prospects. Speed was very good. There was some physicality. It wasn't uh, scrimmages. Those were real, those were real hockey games with so some good goaltending. I think it was a pretty good indicator of what's going to happen with him going forward. Some greatness and some not so greatness, and that's to be expected at this point. I'm curious to get your guys' insight on. Uh, excitement level with this tournament with with guys like Kirby Doc and Adam Boquist and big name guys top 10 picks was there an, an extra level of uh, excitement maybe surrounding uh, Blackhawks fans or the media or you guys there did it did it feel 
bigger this year with a couple guys like that? I think it definitely did. I think, you know, these guys are being drug out for media every single day, and it, they get the real taste. They were here for, for development camp. They got a little bit of a glimpse of it. They were available for maybe one or two days just throughout the week. But the top guys are being brought out every single day, talking to the media every single day. They're wearing the Blackhawks sweater for the first time that they didn't get to wear in a game setting. Um, for many of these guys, they haven't played a game in several months. So just chomping at the bit to get going in that first game, there's a certain level of excitement to just be playing in a competitive environment and not just training in the gym or, or skating or doing drills or just a, a scrimmage or whatever it was. There was there was a little bit of excitement coming in, and I think as the week went along, um, some of the fatigue maybe caught up to them. You're playing four games within less than five days uh, with how quickly they're being played from a 7 o'clock start on Friday night to a noon finish on Tuesday. Uh, that's a lot of hockey to be played in a short amount of time. I thought there was a lot of anticipation from some of the fans because there are two players legitimately, maybe three players that are close to making this Blackhawks roster. I'm talking about Kirby Doc and Boquist um, and Bo Dan. So those guys, every time they took the ice, kind of everybody leaned forward in their seats and what are these guys, are they ready or not? And as we said, sometimes they look great, sometimes they didn't. But I really thought that there was a little bit of anticipation there that, okay, we're watching some guys who were right on the cusp, and not just the Blackhawks, but there were other teams that had the similar guys that you look and you just you can tell who are NHL, near NHL ready, right? They're just a step faster than everybody else. They hit a little bit harder. They've got better vision. Um, certainly guys can come up and surprise, but they were a good, legitimate eight, nine, ten guys throughout that tournament that you thought, okay, these guys are right there, right on the cusp of the NHL. And I think one of the interesting things was for the Blackhawks, you know, there's Kirby Doc, there's Adam Boquist, there's Nicholas Bodan. But aside from that, there were a lot of players who, I think, like I said, had very strong showings in games and put forth consistent efforts. Mackenzie Entwistle, Brandon Hagel, mm -hmm. uh, Michael Hakarinen. All these guys are putting forth really strong showings. Michael Tepley was another one who who came on late and had, I think, a goal and two assists in his last game and a half. Uh, really starting to shine, and you can see some of these guys are going to be big names in Rockford, not necessarily Tepley. He's going to go back to juniors, but big name in Rockford going forward this year, and they're going to take a big step in their development. So I think this Rockford team is going to be very exciting to watch with so many of these guys that are kind of on the cusp, not quite the level of Doc and, and Boquist, but uh, it's, it's going to be really exciting. Well, I thought Mark Bernard said it well in one of uh, your video interviews you saw on uh, Blackhawks TV that this is an exciting time to be a Blackhawks fan, particularly Absolutely. related to the prospects with so many big names. And it kind of reminded me of a few years back when DeBrinkett was playing in this tournament and everyone kind of perked up a little bit and maybe tuned in who would otherwise would not have. And it just seemed like with all these names, maybe it was a, a little similar to that, but on a, on a deeper level than than that year with the Brinkett. I talked to Mark and I talked to Derek King, and Derek King specifically, the coach of Rockford, who was coaching this tournament for the Blackhawks, he said, you know, let's face it, the Blackhawks didn't have these high draft picks for so many years because they were near the near at the top of the NHL. So now you're bringing in guys who are that much closer because you're drafting three, you know, into the, into the top ten. So that was intriguing. I thought that now you're starting to see the this thing's come to fruition where you've done all this draft preparation, you've brought some guys in with higher draft picks, and now they're kind of all coming together at the same time. It's really it does make you very optimistic for the future. But also I thought that for the near future, I think Kirby Doc, we showed that he's pretty close if he's not there already. So next week in training camp is going to be exciting to watch. But same thing with Bodan, um, same thing with Boquist and some other guys as well. Now you mentioned Kirby Doc's impressive first game, maybe a very difficult game, and one that he admitted was difficult for him afterwards uh, in the second time out. He was rested during game three along with Boquist. You know, those back-to-back -back games are very difficult. And uh, – you know, with training camp fast approaching, the decision was made to kind of sit them out, let them 
not force him into a bad situation. And then in the fourth game, uh, a very weird game. Lots of guys uh, coming off with little minor injuries. Kirby Doc was the first one in the first period. So we really only saw, I think, three or four shifts from him in that fourth game. Um, so not a full look at Kirby. But I want to get your thoughts, Chris, on who was maybe the most consistent or the biggest performer for the Blackhawks across the tournament as a whole. There's four games. A lot of guys played in all four games, uh, but guys like Boquist and Doc not necessarily contributing uh, in all four of them. Who who really stood out to you across the whole tournament? Well, he didn't play the uh, every game, but I thought Alexi Gravel, the goaltender, looked very yeah. good. It was surprising to me that uh, I thought he was poised. He's a big kid. Um, he really seemed to make some big saves, especially we saw one in, uh, what, in overtime that actually the Blackhawks went on to win the game. Uh, I think it was right at the end of regulation. He went post to post, yeah. made an incredible diving glove save, and then uh, looked up to the heavens afterwards with just a look of relief. He, did, he had no idea how he got that puck, but uh, he said that those reactions, those quick corrections are what he's really good at. Yeah, we saw Philip Kershev. I thought he he showed some promise there. Um, Riley McKay, Dylan McLaughlin, who we did, a, we did a piece on earlier this year. Those are the guys, and I thought Tim Sunderland was very good. Uh, Sunderland, rather. He um, showed a lot of speed for me and uh, some great going to the net. So those are guys we saw. Ramsey making the shift from wing to defense. Big kid, uh, still learning process. I think that the, the fact that there was a short bench in that last game really helped him because he was on the ice a lot. And that's the kind of experience you can't get. As a, as we pointed out, those games were AHL level, probably not quite NHL level, but the speed and physicality uh, I really thought was um, very similar to AHL. So to watch him out there making that transition from from forward back to defense and getting a lot of ice time in a key situation was, was very good for him. I agree with everything you said. I think for me, it Brandon Hagel had yeah, an incredible week as a whole. He seemed to be in the right position in every game. He was mm-hmm. on the wing with Kirby Doc when Kirby was playing. Uh, the game on Monday when, when Kirby was resting was really an opportunity for him to step up and, and take his game to another level. And he mentioned that afterwards. He knew he had an opportunity, and I think he did that. He really had a, a strong showing. He had a, a goal and two assists throughout the weekend as a whole, but he was always involved, always in on the forecheck, blocking shots, both sides of the puck, and uh, for me was someone that really caught my eye, uh, aside from just the pure speed of Soderlin and, and Kurashev, like you said. Yeah, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I mean, they didn't fare well as a team for, for a lot of it. Um, they were playing the seventh-place game, and they looked great in that last game, but as you mentioned, very disjointed game, and the, the Wild team was a lot of free agent signees, and I think they showed it with some of their undisciplined play, and I think the Blackhawks are very fortunate to come out of there without any serious injuries. We saw four guys leave the ice, and especially Kirby Dak goes down, and you think, oh, boy, this is not good. But th- there was good news later on with Mark Bernard saying, hey, these are minor injuries. We kept on as precaution. But uh, this is a difficult tournament. You don't have time to work on special teams. You know, we talked to Derek King, and he had a goaltender at some point. He said, I never saw the kid play before. So when you start thinking about that, it's like wins and losses don't matter too much. Sure, it's great when you leave with a, tur- with a cup, and um, as they did in 17. But I think it's more about watching the individuals. And those guys that we mentioned, those Hawks fans need to realize that, okay, they didn't fare well as a team, but but look at what happened individually there, and there was a lot of bright spots. Yeah, the Hawks went 2-for-13 on the power plays. You said not a lot of time to work on those power play units. I don't think they even had the five guys together uh, until I think the third or fourth day during a, a morning skate, and that was only for five or ten minutes, Derek King was telling us. But, uh, Eric, I want to run this top power play unit by you, and I want to get your thoughts just hearing these names and what it could mean down the road for uh, for the Blackhawks of the future. The top power play unit had a center in McKenzie Entwistle with Kirby Doc on the wing, Brandon Hagel, and Adam Boquist and Nicholas Bodan at the point. 
Between all five of those players, they combined for 123 goals and 225 assists last year. You have two defensemen who are very offensive-minded. You have incredible talent up front between all three of those guys. They were really getting shots at the net, uh, really working together in deep. They didn't necessarily have the payoff in terms of a goal, but just looking at those names and the talent that's there, that that's an exciting prospect for uh, from some special teams units going forward. And some size on that too, right? Absolutely. You got, got Doc at 6'3", 6'4", and Twistle's got some size, 6'3", Hagel's big, over six feet as well. Not that that's a, the be-all, end-all, but so you think of maybe a net front presence mm-hmm. guy on that as well with some skill. Uh, I just think it's fun watching Boquist with the puck back there. I know we saw and, and have uh, documented well his his offensive abilities there. The defensive side needs to to take that next step as well, which it looks like it is working with uh, Brian Campbell quite a bit. But it, that he he just seems like that prototypical power play quarterback, moving the puck. He knows when to pinch. He can make uh, some in, incredible moves, uh, stick handling. Um, that excites me quite a bit. And obviously, uh, w- from what we saw with Kirby Dockett, prospect camp i didn't see a ton of him in traverse city obviously but it seems like he's a guy who can make stuff happen in front of the net um he he's not afraid to 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 get there with his size he can he can make shifty moves in in limited space in front of the net which which i think could be a a big benefit for him he's not a guy who's sticking to the outside or looking to snipe he can get he can get goals in that that greasy area as we like to say so there's definitely some excitement there uh, particularly with those two guys who obviously we've talked quite a bit about uh throughout this process. You mentioned Brian Campbell, another face that was on the trip, Chris Kunitz and Cook. You had a chance to talk with both of those guys. Here are two longtime NHL veterans, five Stanley Cups between them. And uh, as you wrote in your piece on Blackhawks.com, they're sitting side by side on a bus driving through suburban Michigan uh, with a bunch of teenagers in behind them. And They've moved on to the next step in their career, and they're they're really excited about what they're doing right now, and that's developing that next generation of NHL talent. They both really were excited about it. I, I think that this is they look at it kind of this this canvas, this blank canvas that they can come in there and help mold some of these younger players. And they're going to spend a lot of time in Rockford uh, with the with the Ice Hogs defensemen and, and and forwards. And both Kunitz and Campbell are really energized by this role. And I think Blackhawks development staff is really. I mean, Yannick Perot is another guy that you throw in there. Um, I didn't see him at this tournament, but he, I know he's going to be helping. These bringing back these players who not necessarily maybe were the greatest players of all time. I mean, certainly you've got Brian Campbell and Kunitz, who you know great players in their own right, but guys who are willing to impart some knowledge. And both of them said that they did that at the end of their careers without anybody asking them. They kind of went got into this mentor role, and they realized that's when they realized that they like talking to some of these young kids. And they said, "Hey, come and talk to me, and you know, use you know, be a sponge of what I say. And if you're a young player." Who better look up to than those two guys, guys who did it both well on and off the ice. And I think that's that's something that a Blackhawks fan should be encouraged about. You've got some really some great, talented guys who are kind of helping shape the future. And uh, both those guys are energized by it. It was fun watching them. They both got a, a stint behind the bench uh, working with Derek King as, as assistant coaches. And I know they're both – neither of them done that, and they were thrilled to do that. And that was kind of a different angle for them. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy doing that story, and I'm really going to watch these guys – throughout the season, both at the NHL and NHL level, see what they can do. Enough about Traverse City. We have full coverage of the tournament on Blackhawks.com. It's an exciting week to see that hockey is back and really get a glimpse of the Blackhawks on the ice. But it all leads up to the real thing, and that's training camp that opens on Friday morning, uh, September 13th on the ice at Fifth Third Arena in Chicago. 55 players invited to training camp, 32 forwards, 17 D-men, six goalies, 
no one in on a professional tryout. This is all people who are under contract in some form or fashion with the Blackhawks organization, uh, six of them under contract uh, with Rockford. Uh, it's the first chance we're going to see new guys like Calvin DeHaan, Ole Mata, Robin Leonard, Ryan Carpenter, Alex Nylander, John Quenville, Zach Smith. The very busy offseason for Stan Bowman and the entire hockey operations staff starting to come to fruition on Friday when we're going to get to see the 2019-2020 Chicago Blackhawks on the ice uh, and then some for the first time. It'll be fun to watch some individual battles for, for spots on the roster. I, I think it's pretty clear we could go down the names, but um, there are probably only one or two forward spots that are they're fighting for, and you've got a lot of guys who are in that position to do that. Same thing on the back end. I think we know what the, who the goaltenders are going to be going into the season, so there's not really a battle there, but the back half of the defense and the third or fourth line, those are the battles you're going to want to watch. So it's great to see Taves and Kane skating around, and that would be great to see them getting into shape, but watch some of those guys you mentioned. Watch where um, you know Quenville fits in. Watch where uh, those guys come in, those newcomers you mentioned come in, and where does Jeremy Collins slot them? How do they fare early on? And then they have to win jobs. And that's what you want in a training camp. You want guys out there battling, trying to win hockey or a job in the hockey games. So to me, it'll be really interesting to watch some of those battles. Um, and, and also, where, who, who plays with who? You know, who does Jeremy Calton like on that first line, on that second line? What pairings is he going to put out there? I'm interested to look at the blue line quite a bit. It just seems like the, there's a lot of numbers there, not a lot of roster spots. Right. So that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, if you if you add Boquist into that that mix as well, it just throws another guy in there um, who who could could really have a good camp and and put some pressure on some other guys to, to crack the lineup right away. So the the, the, the you mentioned all the new guys uh, on the front end, but on on the back end with with Dahan and and Mata kind of changing some things uh, coming in in the off season. I think that the blue line battle is going to be pretty fun to watch. You've got Jonathan Taves and Patrick came coming off of career seasons. Uh, we heard. Kane mentioned it a couple times in the offseason that part of the Blackhawks' success down the stretch last year after the coaching change was made and late in the season when they were pushing for a playoff spot was because they were finally starting to adapt to Jeremy Colleton's system and, and really get a feel for it and really get that buy-in uh, across the locker room. Going into the first training camp under Colleton, he's going to have the entire process. He's going to get the full uh, full gamut of opportunities to build this team and craft this team like he wants. Uh, how how much of a benefit is that for him and this this roster as a whole to really be able to start fresh and not be trying to adapt on the fly midseason and implement new systems and just everything that went on last year during the middle of the season? I think it's going to be huge because you got to realize the bulk of these players were playing into the same system under Joe Quenville that they'd done for years and it didn't really change much because it worked really well. Uh, I think we saw that they struggled early on um, after the coaching change, but then it kind of righted the ship once they got those systems implemented. They went to, okay, Jeremy wants me to do this. I need to be here. That's when the Blackhawks really started playing well. So he's had a summer to be able to kind of uh, formulate the plan, let them know what it is, and then training camp will be when he starts to implement it and put in his systems. And he'll be able, from Jump Street, this is the way I want you guys to play. And I think that's going to be very important because, you know, when a new coach comes in, especially a guy who uh, hadn't been around a whole lot that long in the organization, it's like, boy, I don't know what, how he wants me to play. I don't know what the communications, the lines of communications are going to be. Now we kind of know that, and that's going to be huge for both Jeremy Calton, I think, as a coach who's still growing into the job, and a lot of the veterans and some of the younger players as well, that they know what he wants them to do. Another benefit I, I could see is how quickly games start. You're going right. to see a lot of these young guys playing games right away. I mean, there's practice uh, Friday, practice Saturday, training camp festival. 
uh, Sunday, and then there's three preseason games in a row, two on the road and one at home. I know everybody doesn't play in all of them, but you're going to get a really good look really quickly at a lot of these guys in a game situation. So they'll they'll implement the the, the uh, kind of the systems off the bat. These young guys will jump in, and it's like let let's go, let's see what you got right away. I think that could be a really good tool for the coaching staff to see um, right away what these guys can bring. Well, I think you have to have those games right off the bat because realistically, you look at the schedule for the next three weeks before the season starts, you only have two real weeks of training camp because uh, Thursday, September 26th, the team leaves for Europe, for Berlin. And so you have four preseason games before. Then you have you know a couple on-ice sessions mixed in on the days where you don't have games. But this is a little bit of a condensed training camp because you only have so many spots on a flight overseas on the 26th and you kind of have to have a really good idea of who your roster is by then I think it's you know it's kind of it's kind of different nowadays like in the past you would have camps that would last you know six weeks and you you know guys would come in after you know basically sitting on their couches and playing golf all summer long but I, I talked to Brian Campbell he said you know these guys come in they're like they're already in shape they're ready to go they've been skating for weeks so it's okay I think to me that it's so condensed like that and you go right into the games because that's where you realize you're playing against good competition can he get around this guy you know can he is he going to win puck battles so to me I like those exhibition games um, and you're right it's going to be just kind of from Jump Street a very frenetic schedule to the point where they get on that plan to go to Berlin well it all starts on Friday morning the first on ice session of 2019-2020 season and uh, it's going to be an exciting one. 55 players on the roster. That'll quickly be whittled down and divided between Rockford and uh, maybe some players going back to their junior teams or wherever they may be. But uh, it's going to be an exciting few weeks as hockey is finally back. The full NHL roster is finally back. Uh, everyone's going to be on the ice. It's going to be exciting. Uh, training camp festival, as you mentioned, on Sunday, September 15th. Tickets available for that. Uh, the first time to really be in the United Center, seeing the Blackhawks on the ice. Uh, and a morning that's going to be a lot of fun. And you can see the new scoreboard Sunday morning, too. That's going to be pretty cool. It's some sneak peeks of it, and it looks great. So I'm excited to see that in, in game action, too. Not only big I, I upgrades. in there, and that thing is impressive. <laughs> Not only big upgrades on the ice for the Blackhawks, but off the ice as well in, in the arena with the new scoreboard. But uh, an exciting week. We're all excited to uh, get started, and we'll have, of course, full coverage throughout training camp, throughout everything this season on blackhawks.com with chris cook and myself and of course through the lens of the camera with blackhawks tv and eric lear uh, lots of great stuff coming your way we're excited to get running and uh, finally see some hockey on the ice